and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertaining. It has been a while, and no, we still haven't done Iron Fist. It's going to come one of these days, I promise. But tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this, we will be talking about Wonder Woman. And of course, to talk about the most amazing female superhero, I had to bring on the most amazing Coach Mo. I am the most amazing Coach Mo, because I'm the only one I know. That rhymed. (laughs) And of course, dear listener, you come to this podcast because you want to listen to two guys talk about a woman movie, uh, a woman female superhero (laughs) movie, because we have the most insights of the character, obviously. But uh, (laughs) this is what you're going to (laughs) get. So before we go any further, it has been a little while. Mr. Mahoney, how are you? What have you been up to, good sir? Uh, some people know uh, I had surgery a couple weeks back, so I'm, I'm rehabbing for the, that for the summer. I'm uh, progressing pretty well. Um, Gaming-wise, uh, we just finished the last full league season on, I think it was Monday night, with you, me, and uh, our boy Dan in Madden. Well, since then... <laughs> We are now in the playoffs for another season wow. in like four days for me and Dan. That's what I wanted to tell you that we uh, I played game week 17 this morning and I'm we're in the first round of playoffs today. So about four days later, uh, we played a lot of Madden this week and this is this is like when I just dive into this game because I can just play all day long and I love it. Um, it's been really fun. Uh, I, I just adore that game. Uh, and then also I've I've decided to buy a Windows phone. Um, to basically turn into an Xbox Game Boy to earn achievements while I'm watching TV or sports with my wife. Uh, that is the worst idea, I have to say, <laughs> on record. That is the worst idea. It's weird because everyone's telling me, like, oh, this is such a horrible idea. I'm like, guys, here's the thing. I love achievements. There's hundreds of games on this device that have achievements. So if I just get 10 points out of all those games, that's another, like, million points. Wait, what? <laughs> Something like that. That's I don't not how math. math works. You don't know. I, I'm I, not a I, scientist, but I, I know, know that one plus one equals more than one. And that's what I want. More than one achievement. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, I've, I've, I've been researching, looking into it. But the thing is, and I don't know why this is, nobody sells Windows phones anymore. <laughs> you want to know why that is? Because I'll tell you. But I don't want to burst your bubble too much. So I finally uh, found one uh, at the AT&T store down uh, the road from us, and they're holding it for me. And the guy was like, do I really need to hold this? Like, yes, I want to know it's going to be there for me. Uh, and it's their, their bigger model. Um, it's got like a six-inch six, six inch screen, um, so it's going to kind of look like my iPhone, I'm guessing. Uh, but I just want to jump in and start playing some mobile cheese while I'm watching sports or hanging out with Lace watching a movie and if this is a horrible idea, then I'm out a couple hundred bucks, and I'm going to feel like an idiot. If it's a great idea, I'm going to watch that gamer score continue to rise for the quest for 200K. So, but yeah, so that's me. Before you run out and go buy a Windows phone for this purpose, have you fully exhausted your games that you can play on the Surface while you're watching TV? Um, the, pr- the problem is with the Surface one, I need sound. Why? Like, every game on there is something you actually, like, it's... The Walking Dead. It's there's like two or three little fun ones, but I've already maxed those ones out. 
So there's not like a vast library of ones that I can play on here that I can just not pay attention to. Whereas from what I've looked at going through uh, Achievement Hunter and True Achievements, there's hundreds of these games for uh, Windows Windows 8.1 or higher phones that you just jump in and you can just do do 10 flips. Yeah, I can do that. That's, that's easy. You just do that on your phone. You hold one button down. And I've been looking into it. I've heard uh, Moto from Girl Tribe Gaming talking about it. And I'm just like, this is such a genius idea. Uh, this is just cheese during the other parts of my life. And the more cheese I can get, the happier I'll be. So... 200,000 by Christmas. No. <laughs> it's, it's, I, as a friend, I have to yeah. caution you <laughs> that this is not the best path to go down, sir. <laughs> this is a Windows one. You can earn achievements on iOS. Have you earned all the achievements on iOS yet? There are only eight games that do it, and so far I'm through Halo Spartan Assault. The other one, it was like Spartan Strike. Mm-hmm. Is that the other Halo game? Yeah. Uh, Snap Attack, Word of Mint, and there's what are the other? There's a Solitaire one, and there's two more I'm missing. Oh, Age of Empires I did, and Minecraft I'm still working on. So I have one game left that I can earn Jeeves on. And I'm sorry, Minecraft on the phone is horrible. Like, I don't know how kids enjoy that. I need a controller to play Minecraft. Minecraft on the Vita was the best way I've ever played it, but that's here nor there. So, yes, I've run out of Chief games on the iOS. Uh, what about your laptop? Do you have a laptop? you have a Surface? It's a Surface. Has, that has games that are Windows 10 Play Anywhere titles, right? You can just play those. Yeah. But, again, those are games you I want sound for. Like, I'm looking for, like... Uh, what's the one I play now? Clash of Clans. I don't have to pay attention to what I'm doing in that game. Build troops, go attack. I can hold a full conversation while I'm doing it. I can make dinner while I'm doing it. I watch TV while I'm doing it. I, I want to play not that game, but games like that where you don't actually have to be paying attention to a story. You're just button mashing and goofing off, and you're earning achievements for it. And so when I found out that there was, like, an entire list of these games, I mean... Let me pull that up real quick. It'll take like two seconds. So there's an entire list of these games where I can go around Chiefs for, and I'm just so jacked for that. Like, it's just another world of awesome possibilities. <laughs> Mobile. I just, okay. No, 3D Breaker Revolution. <laughs> yes. Alpha Jacks. The Amazing Alex. 500 Angry Bird titles. Okay. <laughs> Asphalt 5, Asphalt 7, Asphalt 8, Asphalt Overdrive. There's some Assassin's Creed's, Babel. I mean, the list goes on, man. Let's go Let's go to page number page number 7. But let's these are to... all like 50 gamer score, no, maybe at most 200. The most are 200, um, but the, a lot of them are in that 200 range. There are a couple 50s. Zuma's Revenge. Okay, let's just let's click on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Has 16 achievements for 200 game score. Let's look at how hard this is. Play a complete game. That's five. That's five points right there, buddy. Guess the correct order of the four answers in a round. There's five points. Like I'm, I'm sorry. These points are waiting for me to get them. So I need an Xbox Game Boy. Whatever <laughs> makes you happy, buddy. Thanks, no, man. <laughs> I, I. I wish that uh, I could give you my phone instead of you having to go spend money on it because 
that's just 200 bucks you could put towards an xbox one x which was yeah. also oh, so uh, excited for that bad boy unveiled since last we talked e3 came and went um so give me some brief thoughts about e3 e3 this year sir uh madden 18 looks amazing uh xbox with 42 titles 22 exclusives i went and bought uh the i've played the player unknown no wait yeah player unknown battleground i've played it twice at a friends and really enjoyed it because he has a pretty good rig set up um so i bought it on my steam machine did you know that game can't play on my steam machine because it's not built for the steam os nice. <laughs> so yeah waste of money there uh but now i still own it on steam so when i do eventually buy a pc or get a laptop i keep i keep getting so close to holding the trigger but i'm like ah oh, what games am i really gonna use this for and that's what like, games that's... are you gonna use a windows phone for <laughs> i just named <laughs> off a billion there's oh, six you're... pages six you're... pages God. of games i'm gonna use it for okay so other than the 42 games by the way those 22 exclusives are not necessarily exclusive exclusives they're just some exclusivity whether it be launch exclusive or something like that which i prefer it that way i I really do prefer the timed one month window stuff that phil does because he really cares about gamers instead of the one year or never again sony way of doing things so still waiting on that destiny content yeah, it still hasn't came. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. <laughs> so, what about the Xbox One X? Um, so, I've actually gone back and listened to a couple of different interviews. I went back and listened to the one that Major Nelson did talking about the Digital Foundry uh, thing they did. You remember that? Mm-hmm. It's a couple of months back. And so, I went back and I really listened to that. And what I'm learning and, and what's getting me more excited for that system is, is... That system's going to be, like, my introduction to PCs of how powerful this thing is going to be and how fast it's going to be and the things it's going to be able to do. And that just really has me jacked because if this is the way Xbox goes, then for someone who's never known about PCs, if I'm able to, like, buy this Xbox One S at $500 for the price that you can't build it, you can't build a system with all this thing has for, I think they said it's about $1,000 to build one. So with that... Uh, I'm just sitting there all hyped and, and excited about it. Um, but if they do this iteration thing where, where maybe in two years you can take this and uh, how am I, how do you say that? Upgrade again. I, I love this idea of me being able to upgrade to the newest tech. And I know that's not for everybody. I know that a lot of people are like, well, no, if I buy a system, it's got to last a couple, you know, five years. But if, if I can upgrade to tech, because I upgrade my TV probably every two years. Really? Uh, yeah, we've, we've been that way uh, ever since we got full-time teaching jobs. And we were like, hey, there's one thing that really matters to us, and it's the screen. I mean, you saw uh, we we bought last Christmas a 70-inch 4K TV that was, like, top of the line, everything. One of the best re- uh, response rates uh, does the, the – what is the, the abbreviation? HDR? Uh, yes. Does all that great stuff. It was a beautiful TV that Samsung made. We had a great deal on it. And all of our friends come over and want to watch movies on this thing. And when I put the S and hooked it up to it, people freaked out. I can't tell you. We've probably watched that Avatar movie 15 times with friends (laughs) because it looks so good on that TV. And and I know in another year when I have this S, oh, my God. Imagine the power these games are going to have on that TV. And then 
maybe a year down there, but if they make a better TV. Now, now I get to keep upgrading tech, uh, and that's probably the thing my wife and I spend the most money on. We love a beautiful screen. Um, we were one of the first people to buy a PS3 because we wanted to watch Blu-rays. And then we hooked it up to our LED TV, and it was breathtaking. I'm, I'm really excited for these uh, from the, the Xbox One X, from this new iteration of tech. I'm really excited for where we're going to go picture-wise and being more immersed in these worlds that we love to play in. So I'm of the same mindset as you. I love tech, too, but... Uh, I don't have the funds <laughs> of two full-time teachers, I think, to, to keep up with it. I bought my last TV. It was about uh, five years ago now, maybe four. Mm, probably five. Um, and it was a, it's a good TV still. I, I like, enjoy it. I'd love to get an HDR TV in 4K, but that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. But I would love to get the X. I'm trying to figure out ways to do it, but I don't know if it's going to work out because... Uh, I guess I'll just pop this in here unceremoniously. Dear listeners, Mr. Mo, my wife is pregnant. That's so awesome, dude. Like, when I first found out, like, I I, I think my first comment was something snarky because we all know, like, I'm super scared to actually have my own kids. Like, I love teaching them, but I'm very scared to actually have one. <laughs> but then I'm like, Nate, he's like... He, he's the papa bear of the group. Like, you keep me in check when I get a little rowdy. You you help build people up. You're so, like, kind and amazing. Like, you were just, like, you were a special person. And you're just awesome all around. And I'm so jacked for a little Nate Nugget to come on out <laughs> into the world. A, 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 a little Nader tot, as some people like to call you. I don't know who. Um, <laughs> who, would, who would say that? I have no idea. Uh, but I'm just, I'm jacked for you, man. Like, and... And that is one thing I wasn't going to tell you, and I might as well say it on here. I am going to get my goal is to get three pre-orders of the ox. So in case you're not able to do it right away, your pre-order will be held until you are able to. That'd be awesome. So that that is it's on my I I my told my GameStop they know what I want. I need three, one for me, one for Lace, and one to be held for you ceremoniously until you either buy it or say nope, I got my own. So cool that'd be that'd be good because that's one of the things where like i feel like i want to pre-order it because i don't know how scarce these things are going to be and it's just one of those things where it's going to come out a month before my kid is due so it's going to be a tight (laughs) time you know what i mean yeah and the only game that i know that i'm definitely buying this year is battlefront um two which i think comes out after the xbox one x comes out I think so, too. It's, like, right before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So my goal would be, if if possible, I want to get the Xbox One X and Battlefront 2, because I think Battlefront 2 is supposed to have um, Xbox One X enhancements, and nice. be able to do my Extra Life 24-hour live stream with, with the Xbox One X and Battlefront. So, uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I'm hoping to work that all out, but, again, it's going to be a hectic... Uh, year this year so but yeah so i'm super excited about that uh obviously i kind of let, let the uh, rest of our our friends over at psvg know that we're on that podcast uh after the xbox uh briefing our our two and a half hour <laughs> <laughs> i loved listening to that thing by the way that was a great episode yeah thanks 
Uh, and I just at the very end there, I just popped it in there, and people were like, what? No, seriously? So I, th- I think I told you beforehand and maybe one or two other people. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting for me. Obviously, that's going to take up a lot of my time going forward. So the future of that's entertaining. We don't even know how that's going to pan out. So... <laughs> But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am expecting a little munchkin. Yay! Yeah. But, um, anyway. Should we, uh, should we get into the movie? It's been a little uh, while. I'm ready. Uh, we went, uh, me and Lace went twice and, and, oh, on. sorry. Let, let's, let's, let's go ahead and segue properly, sir, so I can put some music <laughs> in here. And now we'll go into our entertaining thoughts. Wonder Woman. All right, Mo, tell me, what was your experience like okay so i went two times with lace and then i think i've been four times now overall again i'm on summer break i get really bored during the day uh i'm not allowed to do a lot because of uh my knee so movies are great like hey we got four hours away so what do you want to do let's go to a movie um and so the first time we went lace doesn't do comic book movies she doesn't do superhero stuff she doesn't do guns and violence uh, I tried so hard to get her to go with me to Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but she was like, nope, the first one was way too violent for me. Finally talked her into it. She went to it, loved it. But when we went to this, she was very hesitant, very not into it. The moment we left the movie, she went with me to the comic book store. Normally, she just goes in by herself and picks my stuff up because I, I can't walk around a lot. And she goes, um, I'm going to look around. Do you want to come in with me and come sit down inside? And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> She went and found a couple one room comics and started reading them nice. uh, and was like, OK, I don't understand where the storyline is. She just went and found two with awesome covers, which I kind of expected her to do. Um, so I was like, well, I know Rebirth happened. Um, maybe they have a, a graphic novel of the first six issues, which they did. So she bought that and she's read it. Uh, I want to say two times through now. First time she didn't really get it. The second time she was like, oh, I understand what's happening. And so this movie was able to make a comic fan from someone who was not a comic fan. And that was the first thing I want to interject. Like, this was the best DC movie I have seen. Like, hands down. And it rates in my top seven, top ten for uh, comic Marvel uh, hero movies of all time. So I thought it was just an awesome movie. So where did you see it at? Well, like I told you, we're very picky about our theater. We go to this one. It's a regal theater that they all have the reclining seats. Like every theater in this building. Those are the best. Had, yep, it has the ones with the nice cup holders. You push the button down. Your feet go up and down. Really comfortable. Um, and so we always try to go to an RPX first. That's their best screen, best uh, sound system, best lights, all that stuff. Um, 
that they have. But most of the time, if a movie comes RPX, it it'll mostly uh, I want to say about 80 percent come RPX 3D only, not RPX and RPX 3D. Does that make sense? So yeah, kind of like how IMAX it mostly only comes, you know, IMAX just in 3D. the IMAX 3D. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is that same thing. Well, this one came with just an RPX. So every time we saw it, we saw it in the RPX setting. Um, I we we love that theater. We love how great it is. But man, graphically it was just beautiful. Like there was never a time when there are a lot of times in movies where I'm like, oh, this is a little too dark. Like not dark as in meaning, like dark as in literally the screen is too dark and I can't make some stuff out that I'm trying to look at. But the the picture was crystal clear the almost the entire time, and you could really go and like, I think when I I really noticed like how breathtaking the job they did was with that shield when he flew through and then when the nazis are coming through in the fog like seeing those contrasts was huge and it just looks so good on that screen Mm -hmm. so my viewing experience was an imax 3d theater in bloomington illinois in the middle of nowhere ladies and gentlemen but yes bloomington illinois imax 3d theater um actually saw it for five dollars um my nice. wife and I both went, and they had a special on, like, Tuesdays because um, we weren't able to see it over the weekend. We just saw it the following Tuesday. And I guess to drum up business, which seems to work because that place was packed, all movies are 5 bucks on Tuesdays, including IMAX 3D. So, yeah, we went. Oh, and you also get a free bag of popcorn. So, oh, popcorn. there you go. I love popcorn. Yeah, so overall, we spent 10 bucks on our uh, ticket, and I think we spent a little extra for concessions just to get a drink and whatnot because we felt like it was a good deal. We were going to support the theater. So went in there. Um, my wife, she's kind of like, probably like yours, but my wife likes um, some of the lighter-hearted uh, movies. She loves Guardians. She loves Groot, Baby Groot. That's her, that's her current jam, right? So went with there with her, sat down, watched the movie, and afterwards, she, she talking to her. She's like, I liked it. It was really good. And I think what helped was this movie has a great mix of action, but also heart. And just that expression of, you know, a progression arc for, for Diana. And also Steve Trevor, I think. Mm-hmm. He is a great supporting actor in this role. And next to Gal's Wonder Woman, he, he's he's there. Like, you know, it's great to have a leading woman in this title, obviously, because that's what it's about. But that holds the presence of you the entire time. That this man is a secondary character in a comic book movie, which is completely, you know, different than what we've seen in the past decade, decade or so, right? Yeah. Ever since Iron Man, and it was. It was fantastic. He was a supporting actor. He did a fantastic job in his role. The other guys that were part of that team did a fantastic job in their supporting roles, except for the sniper. We can talk about him a little bit. I'm not really 100% sure about him. But in all, it was a great movie. We had a great experience. We, um, we, We were talking about it later. It's a movie that wasn't gratuitous in the violence or anything when it could have been, right? Mm -hmm. Because... You had those those battles on the beach and stuff, and you know at the end there could have easily been blood everywhere because it was a sword and sword and sandals kind of thing in the beginning, and 
you could see that 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 wasn't the point of this movie, right? They weren't going to be all out blood and guts, which yeah. they could have easily done. You know, and some people would have enjoyed that, but it would have not worked for me or for my wife. I know that for sure. And I think that the artistic choice that they made for that is is applaudable, you know? What do you think about that decision? Specifically not to... Because it's very clear that there was no blood. What What do you think about that? Um, I think... I think it's one of the smarter choices I've seen DC make because yeah, they could have gone with, Oh yeah, she's going to slice dudes in half and their body parts can be flying all over the place. Had they done that, you lose some of the power of the character Mm -hmm. because instead of her being a warrior, she's this crazy murderer, you know, hack and slash person. And I think by being real smart about, I think the scene that like best explains it for me is when she's storming the beach and She's not, you know, screaming bloody murder and charging in. She's she's using uh, what are those called? Her wrist guard things. Her bracelets. Her bracelets. She's using those and deflecting bullets. And but she's leading through action and she's leading through, you know, not a speech but through actually doing something. Mm-hmm. And you see all the guys like, what is she doing? She's crazy. She's gonna die. And then oh, she's she's doing it. We're gonna take the whatever and they charge in after. Um, no man's land. Yeah, and it's it's such an awesome scene because of the power she's exuding, because of the things she's showing, um, and and that was kind of for me the moment I was like, is that why is she glowing like that? And my wife goes, well, she's a god, isn't she? And I was like, I thought she was just a Amazonian, and then that tied in later to what we saw down when she we found out she was the uh, the sword wasn't the god destroyer god eater she was Mm -hmm. so i thought that was like they did such a good job of like giving you these little snippets of the truth at the end in the middle and beginning of the movie Mm -hmm. and i didn't catch on to it like i was just so enthralled with the show and my wife was the one who she explained probably three things that she saw that i didn't even pick up on so what were what were the three things uh so that one um there was one at the beginning where she goes oh she's gonna die and it's going to change something. And she was talking about the general. And I was like, how do you know she's going to die? And she goes, well, didn't you see this? And I, I don't remember exactly what that part was. But she in her, she saw something like forewarning that she was going to die protecting Diana. And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> Whatever you want, crazy lady. Yeah. And she was right. She did die protecting Diana. And the third one actually, okay, so at the end scene, the way I took it as he was telling the story I thought that he was Zeus and that Zeus had turned, that it, he wasn't actually the... Ares. Was the, yeah. I, the way I saw that scene where they showed it the first time where Zeus is casting him off and then they show it a second time where Zeus casts him off and then Zeus like punches down. I didn't pay it to, I didn't see that scene where the hunch down Zeus turned into Ares in that cave. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I never saw a hunched down Zeus. Yeah, like, so when Ares is retelling the story, mm-hmm. it shows Zeus, like, striking him, and mm-hmm. then Zeus hunching down as Ares is falling. Well, in my head, I thought what had happened was the when it went to the picture of Ares, I thought that was Zeus turning bad. 
Hmm. And so I was like, oh, that's why she has the lightning power. Because, you know, she was throwing the lightning around, and Ares was throwing lightning. I was not understanding that. And she goes, no, no, that was Ares looking up at Zeus from the ground. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I completely missed that. Like, I definitely, I was like, oh, plot twist. They nailed it. It's really Zeus is the bad guy. What? <laughs> like, I, I was I was all in for it. I'm walking out of the theater talking about it. She goes, no, 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 that was Ares. And so then we went to go see it. I was like, oh, you're right. It's just the way they cut the scene. It, I must have, like, blinked or looked away right at that moment where it cut from the Zeus striking him to the picture of Ares looking up from the cave. Mm-hmm. So I, I I just looked away and <laughs> didn't even see that. I thought I was like, oh my goodness, he's really Zeus. That's nuts. So my bad. <laughs> it happens. It's all right. Yeah. So that's why yeah. Lacey's there. That's why. Yeah, she definitely. I I would have looked a fool had she not been there because I totally was like, oh my goodness, Zeus is her dad. This is awesome. Oh. And he's the bad guy. Yeah, and then <laughs> so we get that revelation right that she is just. Like Ares, uh, you know, Ares is kind of her brother. Yeah. So, at the end, you can see that how she's able to take some of that power and turn it against him, and be able to be moved by the power of love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when she sees the explosion up there, because uh, obviously she was moved by Steve's sacrifice for for her oh, and everything man. else. And and the double take where they did that scene once. After the explosion, where she couldn't hear it, it was all muffled. Mm-hmm. Followed by her actually hearing it later on. Mm-hmm. That was so powerful, man. Like, I'm not gonna lie, that almost wrecked me right there in the theater. Like, I felt my eyes getting like, dude, it's about we're about to tear up, man. I was like, nobody control it for <laughs> in public. It was that was a, that was a powerful scene. Mm-hmm. Like, again, stuff we have not seen from DC movies. This kind of cinematography, this kind of ingenuity with that with the craft, and that's what made this movie so great and so powerful. Mm-hmm. So. so, when you when you talk about other Marvel movies, or sorry, other DC movies, and even Marvel movies, this movie stands up to among the best, I think, too. Yeah. Um, but it's not just because of the. I don't know. It's not just because of the. Um, what do, what do you call it? The cinematography and things like that. It's just the whole storytelling aspect of it. I thought that, you know, if you go back and look at the first part of this movie before she even leaves the island, I think it's about an hour before she leaves the island. It does not feel like an hour. No, it doesn't. And and that's probably some of my favorite part of the movie is her on the island. Mm-hmm. Like that's just it's awesome the way way that one goes. And I love how like. My wife and I had a long talk about this. We were a little upset that she wasn't a little thicker, a uh, gal. Uh, we, I, when I think Amazonian, I really do think um, a thicker lady, and it's only because I played, you know, overseas playing football. I played against a lot of guys who were from those uh, Australia, Indonesian Isles uh, area, and those guys are just thick. And I've I've met and hung out with them and spent time with their families, and their wives are just thick ladies. And so I really envisioned her being a little thicker for the role. But as I sat down and looked at it, we got a thicker version of Wonder Woman than we would have gotten 10 years ago. And I'm going to count that as, you know what, 
we're showing improvement what we're looking for because mm-hmm. there were a couple scenes where she landed and it wasn't prettied up like it was raw muscle she she showed her strength and i i really enjoyed that part i love that they never uh hourglass figured her they kept her as a full figured uh a woman i thought that was really powerful just in something that we as a culture need to kind of embrace mm-hmm. you know and talking about that too you know it's always the the trope of either video game female characters or comic book female characters that they're always scantily clad and things like that right Mm-hmm. And I thought that they did a great job with her armor, and it was functional. You yep. know, that's the number one thing that you could tell in the training montage sequences is that it was functional, right? And then she comes into the modern, not modern, but, you know, the 19, what is it, 40s era, 1930s mm-hmm. era, and she's looking for clothes to, to wear, and she's looking for functional clothes there even. She's like, how how can you go into battle like this? <laughs> how, how do you fight like this? Yeah. And, you know, it's just... You know, the way that they or that she portrays that character is what I would come to expect from the Wonder Woman character. From the incarnations I've seen, you know, I've, I've read it. I've um, seen the Wonder Woman animated movies, seen her in Justice League, you know, the TV show and all those things where you, I've, I've built up who my vision of Wonder Woman is. Right. And she nailed it in these modern era scenes. The the piece la resistance the 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 part that really did it for me for her, you know, cementing this role and this character portrayal and everything, is when she had the ice cream. Oh yeah, she thanked him like you you should be so proud of yourself. Yeah, so there's there's been a few mentions of that in the Wonder Woman you know, it different versions of the story before the first time she has ice cream, how she loves it. And she's just, you know, infatuated with it. And I, I forget which, which there's a justice league movie. I think it is. Maybe it's war justice league war where they all come together for the first time. And she gets ice cream in that. And it's just, it's the best thing ever. And the way that gal portrayed it in this movie, just for that split, like, 10 second scene it was it was perfect and everything i would want from that character because that tells you just how you know not naive but uh innocent the character really is in in our modern world how different she is you know she was raised completely different she comes from a completely different background and for something as simple as ice cream to just do that you know for her to give that reaction to it it's just fantastic I loved it. Yeah, that's it's one of those things where I think if uh, I remember who it was telling me, I think it was one of my friends at the comic book shop when when Lacey was comic book hunting, um, was telling me that this movie did a really good job of putting some nods to some of the deeper runs of her character, and and again, uh, my wife now is a more read DC comic fan than I am. I've, I've, I think I've read one DC comic ever, and she's now read two Wonder Woman issues and a full graphic novel. So this is stuff that I would miss, but hearing you talk about it, like, that's just – it's awesome that they did that. Like, it makes me just super jacked for where they're going with the character. Yep. So, so you look at this character, right, and she she's looking around at this world. She's – seeing how things are not being taken care of from her point of view, right? These people are just 
these generals are sitting in a room in a committee, uh, and she says, you know, and where I come from, the generals go on the battlefields and they die alongside everybody else. It's it's a poignant, you know, thought, isn't it? That yeah. coming from her era and you know the era of old, you know, in the Romans and things like that, the generals would go out and fight with the with their battalions, but that it took this woman to 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 look at all these men sitting in this room and be like you're not doing anything to solve this you're just sitting here in a room and the person who talks about peace you don't want to listen to you know even though it turns out to be Aries later on that notwithstanding you don't want to listen to this guy talking about peace you just want to keep talking about this war so I thought it was an interesting interesting maybe commentary on the way things were back then and even are a little bit today but it was, you know, it, it was nice to see that portrayal of that character in that moment. I, I enjoyed throughout the entire time the honesty that she portrayed. Yes. Um, I think there was never a scene where you felt like she was being deceiving or condescending. She was just telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. And I felt like for a character who we really want that out of her. Um, the again, the most exposure I have to Wonder Woman is from the game Injustice, and in that storyline, she's not a good guy. So that is not the best storyline for Wonder yeah. Woman. <laughs> and so, but I really enjoyed how she was constantly telling the truth, and even in a way where uh, she was trying to find like highs when things were the lowest. Again, the sniper when he's like, "No, nah, I should basically leave because I can't. I'm not. I can't shoot my gun anymore." And she goes, well, then who will sing for us? Mm-hmm. And it was such a great moment because instead of pointing out that he wasn't a warrior, she's like, well, you know, this is something you do that brings joy. And mm-hmm. that's what this is about. It's about joy. It's kind of like and, don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do. And so that was that was a cool scene because it was the smile and the way it was said. It wasn't delivered, like, to be mean. It was just well, then who will sing for us? Like, we need you with us. And, you know, he perked up and was singing the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and that was something I wanted to bring out, too, was that, you know, he never, he was a sniper that was brought into the team because he was a sniper, right? But he never fired a shot. He used it as binoculars to look through the scope. That's about it. Um, but he did sing. You know, later on, after they stormed past No Man's Land and saved that village, he was the one that was singing. And he was the one who was able to kind of bring humanity to the situation and, and kind of, you know, let people remember what they don't do when they, or what they do when they don't have to fight. You know, mm-hmm. the, there was a whole scene, it's like, is this what it would be like without fighting? And I think Steve says, well, I don't know, I've never never been there. You know what I mean? No. Or how, he, it, it, he was just... It was a good character to be there. You know what I mean? He didn't serve much of a purpose if you look at it from a a team point of view, from purely tactical, right? He was just kind of there. But from the humanity side of it, he brought life back into that village that was oppressed for so long and that just got liberated. And yes, there's a man singing and playing the piano, and that means that we can dance and we can enjoy ourselves finally. You know, that's what he was able to bring to this team. And and that that was one of those it, that was my favorite and my least favorite part of the movie. Um, I wish they would have stopped right there at the dancing and cut to the next day. 
when we get to the love scene, that mm-hmm. just pissed me off. Just infuriated me. Yeah, it's wife, not like it needed it, right? Yeah, my wife was fine with it. She's like, no, you know, there. this is the first man she ever met. I'm like, yes, it's the first guy she's ever met. But she's like, read all 12 volumes of the book. She Way to go. That doesn't matter to me. <laughs> what matters would be like, I wanted... I wanted that relationship to be like love without the physical part. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the scene in the boat where <laughs> she's like, well, I read all the books. Da, 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 da. And he's like, fine, I'll sit by you or I'll sleep by you. <laughs> and like, I, that was funny. That was fine. That's all I needed. But to actually make them have like a physical relationship, I felt like for her having just met this guy a week before, I don't understand why we had to go that way. Mm-hmm. Like, the feelings, I don't know if that was love there or if it was just, oh, well, you're here. I'm here. We just fought a war. What else are we going to do? The movie's in town. <laughs> like, it felt more like out of boredom, not out of actual love. Mm-hmm. And so that was my only issue with that part. Yeah. And I, I can't agree with that. I, You didn't need that scene there, but... I guess the filmmakers thought it deserved to be there. Yeah. But backing up again just a little bit, that whole no man's land scene, right? We mm-hmm. She gets to that boiling point again. Walking by, you know, I can help this horse, you know. I know that, that we can't do it. we got to keep going. Oh, these people need help. I can help these people. No, that's not why we're here. we got to keep going. And eventually she's like, enough. You keep saying you can't help, yet you could, but you just don't. You won't. And so then she's like, I'm going to cross this no man's land and take care of these villagers because they need help and I can do it. And you just won't, right? So she goes on there and breaks through that line, pulling everybody else along with her. And that's just, that's the kind of thing that I think a lot of superhero movies miss, right? A lot of superhero movies are... Against some some otherworldly threat or something like that or, you know, some contrived threat, right? War is, is a real threat. And for her to come and, and see all these things that are happening, like, I could help this, but then people of that same culture be, no, we, we can't, this is, this is not our responsibility. But for her to just be like, no, I can do this. And then eventually just cast off everybody else and be like, forget you guys. I'm going to do this my way. That, to me, is what really makes this movie amazing. Is is that she doesn't sit back and let these contrivances of, you know, this is not our mission. We can't help these people. She doesn't let that stop her. She takes the initiative she sees what she can do and she goes and saves that village right she she said that's enough you guys just aren't doing anything you've all been corrupted whatever i can do this so either you're with me or not i'm going to help these people and that is the mark of a hero that is what i think of when i think of wonder woman and they nailed it for me and i loved it and that makes this that makes why this movie I was so excited for this movie going in. You know, uh, when they first announced it, I thought it was great. When I first saw her in in BVS, I thought she was great. 
And then, you know, there's always been the scary, like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Suicide Squad was kind of, you know, not that great. But finally being able to see this movie and see that particular scene, how everything builds up to that scene where she casts off this this cloak of this world and shows who she really is in her Wonder Woman outfit and everything that she has from Themyscira and crosses no man's line, no man's land and does that the most heroic of deeds, right? Going in there, taking, you know, initiative, blocking all those bullets so she could at least move forward. People realizing what's going on and helping her get through. She wasn't, she didn't do it all herself. She had help from the, from the other people. She could have probably done it all herself, but she led. And that's what a hero does. A hero leads, a hero inspires, and she did that. And that is why I think this movie stands up among the greats of any superhero movie. Yeah, I would agree. I one of those really good scenes, and it there were so many times when that where she's like, "No, like you're wrong. We need to do it this way." And when she pushed through and killed the guy she thought was Ares, and she has that little breakdown of, "No, you're Ares. Why has the war not stopped? Why hasn't why hasn't this been broken? Why hasn't it stopped?" And she has that little breakdown that just like showed the hurt that this world was having and how even though like she thought what she was doing was right and she was fighting for it that it she was still in that uh, like denial of it mm-hmm. and then when our main man pops up and they actually go through fighting and the moment she beats him and you see like the german sh- soldiers like shaking their heads like they're like the whole weight had been lifted mm-hmm. and her friends are like looking at her and she's just like this is what I'm here for. Like, this is it mm-hmm. to help. And that was huge. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly it. Right. Because the whole thing of the Amazonians was to, to help, you know, to, to inspire people to greatness and things like that. So I thought they did a great job telling this story in whole. And, you know, like you said, it's, I'd love to have your wife's opinion, you know, to kind of hear her kind of talk through this with us. Because from from my perspective, as a guy, right, who has had, uh, like we said, a decade's worth of of movies, of superhero movies, to have one that is this good, I would love to see or love to hear a female's perspective on, on what if anything this would mean this means to him you know we've got iron man we've got batman we got superman blah blah blah. but wonder woman is amazing and it's it deserves recognition and i I believe it's getting it i think uh the critical acclaim and the fan acclaim has been pretty unanimously positive on this movie yeah you you kind of devolve down a little bit towards the end to the um kind of just the big boss battle type thing but you know it's okay that to me doesn't harm the movie at all that to me is just the requisite she has to finish her mission battle this god right to me the movie is what i said a little bit ago with the no man's land with the village that is the movie that's what makes this special anyway i like i kind of said in the beginning two guys talking about wonder woman you know we're not going to get probably too deep and insightful into the territory but i I think that it's, you know, it's about time that we've had a female-driven superhero movie. 
And, you know, I'm, I'm glad DC was able to do it, and DC did it right. I think that, I don't know why, but maybe Marvel's just... What do you think the reason is that Marvel hasn't, in the past decade, since Iron Man, since the Avengers universe was born, they haven't done a female superhero movie yet? What do you think the reason is? I think the reason for that one is they have to find the right figure. Um, Marvel's never had a Wonder Woman type female lead. They've had some really good characters. You you know you had the Wasp. Um, who who else was an older run? Was She Hulk part of those original older comics? She Hulk's been around for a while. So you never really had like that true figure that again. It's Superman's been and Wonder Woman been together in the Justice League for forever. Like, mm-hmm. and they Marvel didn't have that character. Now Marvel has this plethora of amazing female characters, and I just can't wait for one of them to catch on. You know, Miss Marvel is incredible. Uh, Spider Spider Woman, uh, Spider Gwen. Um, who else do I absolutely adore? Uh, the new Weapon X, uh, the new Wolverine. Uh, Thor is now a woman. Um, and who, oh, I'm forgetting somebody. I'm going to feel so dumb for not remembering. Well, Black Widow has been in, in the Marvel Universe since Iron Man 2, mm-hmm. and that's been a while. But I, again, I think some of this, like Black Widow's never had like a full stage comic where she had that much support. And and I'm just saying that from like, again, I'm, I've only been into comics for about a, two years now, three years now. But I've never seen like, oh, I got to go grab this new Black Widow. You know what I mean? All these other characters that they've been doing movies about, I've seen comics and and history and run. There are fans all over the place. I I think that they're waiting to have like a stronger female lead to write about to have their own movie. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you you look at the Hulk stuff they take. I've seen different lines and different moves from the Hulk from Indestructible Hulk, from Incredible Hulk, from the 60s versions and the 80s versions in every movie. So they're taking different bits from this long list of comics into the movies. And as I just started getting into uh, Spider-Man, I'm seeing stuff from the Miles Morales run from all these different areas in this new homecoming movie mm-hmm. like i see this new spider-man where they're like no 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 the reason the first movies weren't working is we were trying to make our own line we weren't trying to like build from all these different areas into this one story and now they're like no no we have a great character who has a rich history he has this background let's take all this good stuff put it together and add it to this new line this new story mm-hmm and so I think that's the problem is they, they're still working on finding that female lead in the Marvel Universe who can have that. I would love it. I, I wish they would do one about Black Widow hunting down Hulk. I think that would just be epic. You know what I mean? If, if we could just take a movie from her going after that uh, Captain America. Was that the one that just came out? Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. After that where she's like, hey, I we got to go find – Bruce and we have an entire movie of her trying to find out where he's at where I think that'd be such a great story because you know they had a relationship or the beginning of one you know she cared about him and her fighting through a bunch of things on her way to that how great would that be but uh, otherwise do you do just a secret mission for Black Widow do you do you do a mission for Tony or a mission to find Cap like where do you fit a story in for her 
and what's the background? Because do we go back in time with her storyline to when she was uh, working for the other side? Like, where do you take her character with what they're trying to build in the MCU? With with Black Widow, I think that you could take her and you probably go back back in time, right? Find out why she is part of the team, why she is an Avenger. I mean, you could do like a, a movie with her and Hawkeye even, right? Because they, they talked about in one of the Avengers movie, you know, Belarus or something like that, or I can't remember what it was, but something like that. And I think that you can go back and show some history about that. Um, but I think... I think she warrants her own, because Scarlett Johansson is a leading uh, a leading actress, right? She did Ghost in the Shell, you know, opened it up by herself and did pretty well. She did Lucy, did pretty well with that, and I know she's opened up other stuff. She's a great actress, and I know that she can carry it. And I think that it's, you know, the first female superhero movie from Marvel is going to be Ms. Marvel. And that's in 2019, maybe 2020, I think, at this point. But the fact that, you know, DC is building their their expanded universe, you know, this this current generation started with Man of Steel and went to BVS and now has Wonder Woman in it. And we're going to see more Wonder Woman in the next movie that comes out, Justice League. I mean, it's great because... She was in the second movie in their in their pantheon. And then she was the headliner of the third or technically fourth big movie in this in this new universe. They got they 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 made her a big factor early on. And I guess, yeah, if you look at Marvel, it's mostly the male driven driven heroes. But I, I still think you can go back between Iron Man 2 and Avengers Age of Ultron, or even Civil War, somewhere in there I think they could have fit in a great story for Black Widow. And the thing about Black Widow, too, is that she's not a superhero, right? So it'd be more mm-hmm. of an espionage. She has something that is, you know, very tangible about her. Yeah. And I think, especially with the Hulk stuff, like her interacting with the Hulk, that that would be a great movie it, I, because you can tell when they when they first tell her to go get the big green guy, you know, in the first Avengers film, she kind of steps back. There's got to be some history there. I'd love to have them explore what that is. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So, I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Marvel does eventually. However, this this episode is not talking about Marvel, so let's get back on track with Wonder Woman. I thought this was a great movie, and in flux-deposed fashion, I'm going to enter to my keyboard and find out how it is doing so far in the box office. How do you think it's doing so far? Do you think it's doing uh, good? I think it's been the best over the last month. I, I would put money down on that, but um, you have to be more mechanical in your, your, your clicking if you want to have real flux-deposing-ish. I like, know, and I actually got to be... I don't have a mechanical keyboard. It's a it's a quiet keyboard, which is what I prefer anyway. <laughs> I'm just saying, as I've been a recent, uh, I think I've I, I've been hooked on Flux for the last like five episodes. Hashtag hooked on Flux. Yep. 
I caught the flux pox. <laughs> so far, worldwide, Wonder Woman has done just shy of $600 million. So I'm sure by the time you listen to this, she'll have $600 million in in this movie. And that's 300 domestically. So that's pretty strong. So I would figure that the domestic would be you know, the biggest portion of that, because a lot of the international box office, they're not too keen on probably seeing a female-led movie. But that just kind of speaks to how great she is, right? How great this film is. So looking at similar movies, let's see. Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Um, they did 330 gross at this point, and that was probably domestic. So, or no, 330 domestic run. So there, Wonder Woman itself, herself, itself, what's the proper term, is only uh, 30 million behind what Batman versus Superman did. I mean, and you look at that, you look at just the, the sheer title value alone, you have Batman and Superman in the same title, that's going to draw people to go see this movie no matter what, right? So for her to be... Only thirty million behind. That's pretty impressive. And as far as so, Suicide Squad did three hundred and twenty-five. I think she'll pass that. Um, she's only twenty-five behind, and then she is four hundred. So, Hunger Games is a good example of a female-led movie. Uh, that is four hundred and eight million domestic, and so about one hundred eight million behind there. But yeah. It just goes to show that the average right now of similar movies on on this list, she's beating, because the average of I think there's ten movies listed here is two hundred and thirty two million, and she's at three hundred million. So, interesting little factoid to to look at there. I like it. And as far as the Rotten Tomato score, it's at a ninety two percent. IMDb has it listed as an eight point one out of ten. And Google users, it's a 92% as well. So That's a pretty weird jump from an A to a B on the IMBD one. I wonder why that is. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe they're more critical user base over there. Um, yeah, so obviously 92% Rotten Tomatoes is a pretty good score. And Patty Jenkins is the director of this movie. And... You know, there's a lot to be said about the direction. You you mentioned the cinematography. You can tell that there was care put into this. Um, you know, she did Monster, which was a, an Academy Award-winning movie back in 2003. And I think that, you know, it, it... Not that it takes a woman to direct a woman-driven movie, but I think that you get a good sense uh, as a director. You're able to really understand motivations a little bit better than I think a man can. So I think that it was a good choice to go with a female director as well for a, a female-led comic book movie. I I would agree. I never saw the monster movie, but uh, she I saw her on Conan, and she was hilarious. I was just super grateful for like just how honest she was about it all. Yeah. Yep, and uh, she also did uh, some AMC The Killing directing. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. She doesn't have a very very big uh, director credit. She only has 10 director credits. 
Um, Just Drive, which was a short in 2001. Another short, Velocity Rules in 2001. Monster in 2003. Arrested Development. She did an episode there in 2004. A couple episodes of Entourage in 2006. Um, a TV movie in 2011. The Killing, two episodes of that in 2011-2012. Betrayal TV show. Exposed TV show. This is the second movie she's done. And she crushed it. She crushed it. Why, <laughs> why is this the second movie she's done? That's, That's a really good question. She did fantastic. And she was nominated for a primetime Emmy. Let's see what else she has here. So... She's got all kinds of awards, too, for Independent Spirit. Edgar Allan Poe. She was nominated for Best Screenplay. Director's Guild. She won for Dramatic Series. She's, yeah, she's done a lot of great content. So she's only directed four things, which eight of them are TV episodes. And she's been nominated and won awards for some of those. So... She needs to direct a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see her take on, you know, Justice a sequel. League. <laughs> yeah. Well, Justice please, League or please a, say Justice League. a hey, sequel make to Make a this Batman vs. Superman movie. We've yet to have one of those. <laughs> Go back in time. Or please I think, make this movie again. I think that she'd be good to just let her let her do the next Justice League movie, right? Because they've already got yeah. the, the current one in, in progress. But, yeah, she's... You know, as far as as that goes, I think that if DC can kind of take hold of her and have her kind of be one of the shepherds of this DC universe along with Zack Snyder, I, I think they'd have a good handle on it going forward. She should definitely, I, I think, reprise her duties as director, especially for a Wonder Woman 2, um, mm-hmm. if not more. But anyway, that was just a little bit of a, a tangent on on some things ancillary and kind of behind the curtains of Wonder Woman. So, Mr. Moe, any final thoughts on Wonder Woman? Please go to Wonder Woman at least two more times so it makes lots of money and people let the awesome director direct more money or more movies. <laughs> well, yeah, which also depends or translates into directing more money. <laughs> yeah. Also... I feel like someone needs to start a petition for Gal Gadot to get a much bigger paycheck. Because someone told me she only made $300,000 for that movie. And I think all of the castmates, all the dudes from Big Bang Theory make a million dollars per show. Uh, most so, of them do, not just the guys. The the other... Okay. I think two of the girls do as well. So I'm just saying, um, if they're making a million dollars per show, and she only made 300000 for this whole movie... There's an issue, and I, I really think that someone needs to be m- more outraged about this online. And I feel like if it comes from me, the me, oh, well, who are you? So again, I'm just saying, I think that's something people should be should be voicing their opinions on pretty highly. So hold on now, before I'm going to do a fact check on on this uh, comment that Mr. Mo has made. So the headline. Wonder Woman v. Superman, the real story behind Gal Gadot's paycheck. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is on CNN, and it says, Unreliable reporting can move faster than a speeding bullet in the age of social Ah. media. 
And that's exactly what happened on Tuesday when a story about Gal Gadot's salary and a Wonder Woman made its way around the internet. And so I'll just read a little bit about this because I, I feel like we can expand on a little bit. Yeah. Gadot reportedly made just 300000 for uh, Wonder Woman, which is a paltry sum create, uh, for her DC counterpart, Henry Cavill, who plays Superman, who made a reported $14 million as Superman in Man of Steel. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. It says, unlike the very real pay graph in Hollywood, however, the reported differences in Gal- Godot and Cavell's paychecks are completely inaccurate, according to a source with knowledge in the contract negotiations. Godot was paid at least as much as Harry Cavill for their first pictures. Um... First-time actors and actresses in a franchise are accorded appropriate salaries that are then ultimately based on the success of the franchise. Uh, the salary includes, or this includes salaries that are negotiated as the series goes on, as well as bonuses and a percentage of the profits on the back end. In fact, Cavill, like Godot, nabbed six figures for Man of Steel and made less money than Amy Adams, who plays Lois Lane. So, Interesting. And representatives for Godot and Cavell did not immediately respond to Cena's request for comment. Anyway, so hold the presses there before you start grabbing your pitchforks. Okay. So don't petition yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally, like, when I saw it, I was like, what? That's horrible. Yeah. It's not right. Yeah, and that's, I, I would agree. But, again, <laughs> we got to know all the facts. Don't go... Half knowing what's going on before you commit to something. <laughs> I live my whole life half knowing. So no, do that and you'll sound like me. You'll sound yeah. like a coach, Mo. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, so was that your final thought? Uh, also, please, everyone, if you see Dan, hug him. That's all. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old Dan. Hi, Dan. How are you? Hopefully you're doing well. And if I could, I would hug you. Because Coach told me to. Um, for fi- fire that. I can't talk. It's getting late. For Wonder Woman, my final thoughts are it's a great movie. I think you should see it. I think that it's well worth your, your time in the theater for sure. I mean, at this point, it's probably about ready to exit theaters because other movies are coming in now, like Transformers and stuff like that, which I heard is terrible. But I haven't seen it yet. Um, but Wonder Woman's a great movie. It's definitely going to be one that I rush out to buy day one, and I want to watch it again after I get it uh, at home so I can put it in my Blu-ray player and watch it again. Um, it's The villain's a little weak, but the movie is called Wonder Woman. It's not called Ares. It's not called The Doctor Poison or whatever. The movie does a great job in showing us who Wonder Woman is, and that's all I wanted from this movie. I think that the villains are, you know, always a little weak compared to the heroes that we're there to see. But as far as uh, an origin story goes and getting background on a, on a on a hero, I think it did a great job. Robin Wright, I want to give a shout-out to her because she did a fantastic job. She was the general that took the bullet for... Uh, Diana on the beach. She also is on House of Cards and smaller 
a great thing. She was uh, in Forrest Gump, Jedi. So Robin Wright did a fantastic job in this movie. I think that uh, I would wish my two regrets leaving this movie are that Robin Wright's character died and that Steve Trevor died. <laughs> so those two guy, those two characters are gone. We'll never see them again, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I, I think that they were very strong performances in this movie and that makes you want to miss them. That I think that does a great, uh, a great, uh, does a great deal of service is what I was going to say, but that doesn't sound right. It does a great thing for, for them to be missed when they die as a character. So, uh, I think that it was a great portrayal by both of those supporting actors and actresses. And all in all, this movie was great. It's my favorite of the DC movies and it's in my top it's in my top 10 for sure of all comic book movies that I've seen it might even be in the top 5 i mean i haven't really sat down and and gone through my tops but this was great i was not let down i enjoyed it my wife enjoyed it and that's important to me so i think that it's one of those movies that if you have never watched wonder woman this is great for you if you're intrigued by who she was for those you know a few minutes that she was in Batman vs. Superman, this is for you. And if you are just listening, getting into superhero movies now, this is a movie to go see. This is a good superhero movie. This movie shows you what a hero can and should be. Okay. Mo, where can they find you on the internets? Uh, at Coach Hulk on Twitter and on Xbox Live, The Coach Hulk, thanks to Nate. <laughs> uh, you're a funny guy and then you can find me on twitter at voiced by nathan i'm on xbox live spider jedi is my gamer tag the show you can find us on twitter at entertaining pod shoot us an email over at connect at that's entertaining.net obviously the website that's entertaining there's stuff over there and all those fun things we mentioned before flex deposed Go check out our, our friends Jason and Lucas over at Flux Deposed as they speak every week, which is a lot more often than you hear this show, <laughs> over at Flux Deposed and uh, over at PlaySomeVideoGames.com. Mo and I do some stuff over there every now and then. Uh, if you're looking for E3 coverage, I think Mo and I both uh, contributed something to E3. And if you wanted to find me reacting to stuff i did some reaction for the ea conference the xbox conference the bethesda conference and i also did the xbox roundup podcast and the part of the playstation i was everywhere i did a lot of stuff <laughs> so if you're looking for more e3 or video game coverage head over to play some video games.com ah, i think that'll do it i think we're i think we're good it's 11 50 my time in the evening right now so running a little low kevin would be happy because i have a little g fuel keeping me going that's the only reason i'm going right now otherwise i'd be sleeping for sure <laughs> but i wanted to make sure that we got this uh, opportunity to record mo i was i've been looking forward to this for a long time i was wanting to talk to you about this and dear listener i hope that you enjoyed uh, the discussion so mo again thank you for joining me sir anytime brother and dear listener Thank you for listening, and we hope that you have been entertained. <laughs>